0: Christ be with you
1: and also with you.
0: Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, especially if you're visiting with us on this Vacation Bible School Sunday. It is great fun to see so many kids and helpers who are all around this week. It has been quite a week and you will get a taste of that a little bit later on. At the end of the service, uh, there are all sorts of festivities that are going to be going on out on the grass. Our children, after they sing for us, will be excused to go out and get started ahead of the rest of us having some of the fun in the bounce house and other things and they're also after the service TK Burgers is here and besides burgers you can get chicken sandwiches or veggie burgers uh, for a small cost and so you might want to hang around and do that whether you have children or not it's a fun thing to do and I know that at least somebody in my house is looking forward to the dunk tank that is also happening so and that would not be me that's looking forward to the dunk tank uh, you are in, if you are visiting with us, you are invited to be part in, of anything that's a part of the life of our church, and you can see some of those announcements that are here. There is going to be a mission trip information meeting next Sunday at 1115 for a trip that is going to Kenya to visit the Tumaini Orphanage that many of us support there. And on Ju- July 29th, there is a congregational meeting. You can see the details about that inside of the connections. Actually, it's got two conflicting dates. It is July 29th. Two weeks from this morning at 10 o'clock, just a quick meeting. Um, and we also have an at-home hospitality hour coming up. That's AWE. It is an event for you to meet at somebody's house that it, that's part of the church family and to get to know one another. You bring an appetizer to share and whatever you want to drink, We have about 40 people signed up so far. We'd love to have you sign up too, and the sign up is out on the patio. The entire agenda is to just get to know people and have conversation with other people who are there. We have a Red Cross blood drive coming up August 1st. You can sign up to give blood or to help work at it, or you can just pass the word amongst people that you know, which would be very helpful for us too. If you have a child who's a little too old for vacation Bible school, our surf camp, Camp H2O, is signing up for later in the summer. You can see information in here about how you can sign up online for your older children to be part of that. And our summer book talk is, group is dis, is discussing at the, uh, in the beginning of August the book by, about the life of Julia Child called Deary. If you have read the book, you are welcome to come and discuss it. It is not a closed group by any means. Anybody is a, uh, may come and enjoy discussing that book and I hear that we have some clips of Julia Child in some of her early days doing some of her cooking so let's turn our hearts to the Lord.
2: Let us pray together. God of all faithfulness you've opened the gate of mercy for all of your people and are always ready to welcome those who look to you. Look on us in compassion that in this time of worship we may gladly respond to your love, faithfully walk in your way, and know the peace that transcends all understanding. Through Jesus Christ, the hope of salvation, we pray. Amen.
0: Join me in the responsive call to worship that you'll find printed on the front of your bulletin. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy Happy are those whose help is the God God of Jacob, Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. God. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord. So let us stand and praise him together.
3: There is Lord Jesus, ruler of
1: eyes of our hearts, Lord. We want to see you. We've seen you all week, moving in this place, shining in the light of your glory. All right, church, let's sing together.
3: Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Yes, we do. I want to see Your glory man. pour out your power and love as we sing
1: seated, church, as we sing together Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the mountains, where does my help come from? My help comes from you, maker of heaven. Creator of the earth. Let's sing that song together.
3: I lift my
1: I lift my eyes up.
0: pray responsively Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits and in his word i hope my soul waits for the lord more than those who watch for the morning more than those who watch for the morning o oh, faithful god forgive our faithful faithlessness see beyond our apathy our thoughtlessness our self-centeredness our wrong choices See into our hearts, for you are our treasure. And so in the silence now, Lord, we ask that you would examine our hearts. Show us the ways in which we have walked away from you. we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. My friends, hear the good news. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He does not deal with us according to our sins or repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him as far as the east is from the west so far he removes our transgressions from us in jesus christ we are
1: forgiven and made whole thanks Thanks be be to god God. amen Amen. well what a great week it was last week uh, vacation bible school the theme was rescue and i came up with an acronym because it was really hard to remember all of these things so the acronym is Lord will swoop okay so y'all remind me of that what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna invite uh, Maggie and Gail and Jerry if you would come up Uh, can you can you clap for them what a great week it was these are our children's ministry directors
4: and Gail if you wouldn't mind Would you share about the mission before we invite the kids up? Sure. And I can't wait. You didn't tell me about this acronym, Beth. So always surprises during VBS, which we love. And um, every VBS, we have a mission focus, and we challenge the children to raise money for something specific. And this year, we partnered with World Vision, and we raised seeds for Haiti to help the children in Haiti. And $10, a $10 donation, and you will see these seed packets out um, where you pay for your burgers. A $10 donation provides drought-tolerant seeds for a child to feed them for a whole year. And it also provides education to the farmers to help them sustain their crops and... Help these seeds to multiply, and not just for one year, but to keep going. And so, it's a pretty cool mission focus, and we love World Vision and, and partnering with them. So, our challenge to the children was to raise enough money for 120 kids, which is the amount of children we had at VBS last week, 120. And so, we thought if we could challenge them to each bring $10, or any any sort of um, cash was obviously accepted and by the end of the week we are now at just over a thousand dollars for a hundred kids we are providing for and we did start this challenge a day or two into the week because it was a lot going on so uh, the kids were awesome and they were so excited and we are so thrilled and thankful that they were able to do that and we're still accepting donations today we can go over 120 kids we have no problem with that so if you want to um, contribute any amount we would um, have definitely accepted it's where you pay for your burgers there's a pot of soil out there with seed packets <laughs> And um, you could do that while you buy your uh, plate of food. So we thank you all for um, helping partner with us in this really important mission focus.
1: That's great. Okay, now, stay right there. I would like to invite our blue shirts, our rescued leaders, if you'll come up, because you're the tallest. So if you guys will stand up here in front of the table. Give it up for our teen leaders. Uh, We could not do Vacation Bible School without them. (laughs) you guys stand back a little bit? Yeah, and you hear that? That's for you guys. All that clapping is for you guys. So so a lot of these kids have been in vacation Bible school since going back to like 2008. I went back 2007, uh, even further. I think this is our 30-something year doing this. I know it's my 25th, so that, that's all I know. So, uh, it's a quarter of a century when I started thinking about that. Okay. Uh, before I invite the kids up, here's a, here it is. Lord will swoop. So, congregation, have you ever felt lonely? Raise your hand. Okay. Have you ever felt worried? Raise your hand. Have you ever struggled? Raise your hand. Have you ever done something wrong? Eh, that's a lot of wrong. Have you ever felt powerless? Yes, the Lord will swoop. The Lord will rescue you. And that was our theme all week. So, well done. So, children, come on up, all of my uh, castaways. Well, we're going to sing a song called My Lighthouse. And thank you, Captain Ann and uh, Galo Gale. They are going to do the hand motions. And Jerry and Maggie. Uh, guys ready? Two, three, four. One, One, two, three, four. Here you go, In My Wrestling. In my wrestling and in my doubts,
3: in my failures, you won't walk out. Your great love will lead me through. You're you are the peace. You are the peace in my trouble. Safe to shore yes. Safe to show Last time Safe to show
1: There's no space. We're holding on. Here we go. Let me see your storms, guys. One, two, three.
3: There's no space that his love can reach there's no place where we can't find peace. There's no end to amazing grace. Yeah! Take me in with your arms spread wide. Take me in like an orphan child. Never Seriously.
1: Now it's your turn. How many of you have ever been a child? How many of you have ever been children? Raise your hand. Guess what? You get to be a child again because the Lord says unless we become like children and have the faith of a child, we will not enter into the kingdom. So you get to be a child today. How cool is that? Okay, guys, do you think they can handle it? Yeah, yeah, okay. Because when you're lonely when you Jesus, struggle Jesus you. and when you're worried Jesus you. and when you're powerless Jesus you. all right you guys remember that here we go
3: i've got peace like
1: a river i've got peace
3: like a river i've got peace like a river in my soul i've got love like a river i've got peace like a river i've got peace like Peace like a river in my soul. I got love like an ocean, I got love like an ocean, I got love like an ocean in my soul. Where? I got love like an ocean, I got love like an ocean, I got. Love like i've got joy like a fountain in my soul i've got peace like a river i've got love like an ocean i've got joy like keep on singing. I'm gonna keep on shouting. I'm gonna keep on lifting my voice and let the world know that Jesus
2: I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to the book of Ruth, which you will find on page 241 in the Old Testament portion of your pew Bible. We'll also be taking a look at Ephesians 3 in a moment as well. Thursday, when I walked into my gym, one of my friends approached me. By the way, he's not a churchgoer. But he approached me with his cell phone, and he had taken a picture of my sermon title out here on the marquee. And you see my sermon title is The Fear of Missing Out. And he said, Steve, what are you going to preach about on Sunday? And I said, well, I sense you have a fear of missing out on my sermon." He goes, I won't be going to church for some time, but maybe someday. But can we sit down and talk about it? So we sat down and we talked about Ruth. And you're here this morning, and you're not going to miss out. So let's learn about Ruth this morning together, shall we? All right. Ruth chapter 1. And hear God's word to us. In the days when the judges ruled... There was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem and Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons were Malon and Chilon, and they were Araphathites from Bethlehem and Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. When they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Chilon also died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband." Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I have sons in my womb, that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters. It has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you. Or to turn back from following you? Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, if even death departs me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? She said to them, Call me no longer Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has dealt harshly with me, and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned together with Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, who came back with her from the country of Moab. They came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. And from the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Now to Him, who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we all can ask or imagine, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father, we look to you now to minister to us as a church. Pray that you would fill us with hope, fill us with your love and your grace and mercy, and help us by your Holy Spirit to be aware of those open doors that are open all around us, those opportunities to share your love with others. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. most wednesdays during the school year i walk over to the preschool and i read the children a book i love it the first time i visit each class in the fall i always take with me the same book it was my favorite book when i was their age want to see the book By the way, I lost this book, and a student in our ministry, Sonia Gilbert at the time, now Sonia Roby, gave it to me for my birthday a long time ago. It's called The Monster at the End of the Book, starring the lovable, furry old Grover. I suppose you can download it on Kindle. Now, the book begins with Grover explaining that there will be a monster at the end of the book, And he tells us that he is so afraid of monsters. He pleads with the reader after each and every page not to turn to the next page because it will get us closer to the end of the book. And we all know it's at the end of the book. What's at the end of the book? A monster is at the end of the book. Now I hate to ruin the plot for you because I know you might have downloaded it later. But Grover turns out to be the monster at the end of the book. He closes with saying, you were so scared and I told you and told you there was nothing to be afraid of. But he's the one that kept causing all the fear within us after each page. And I think I enjoyed that book so much because it said in so many words, maybe the thing that we're most fearful of could just be a Grover at the end of the book or in the words of FDR there is nothing to fear but fear itself now as I sit down with the preschoolers I take out the book and I show them the book I tell them the name of the book and I ask if I can read it to them and year after year in class after class I get the same reaction in every single classroom There are the courageous few that say, read it, Pastor Sweet, read it! And most tentatively go, "Uh, okay. And then there are a few that just look at me and they shake their heads and you can just tell they are filled with primal fear. You will not read that book. So I get to my calm voice and I say, listen, my grandmother gave me this book as a gift when I was your age and I read it over and over again and it was my favorite and it was my favorite book for my sons when they were your age in preschool so I'll tell you what I'll bet you're going to like this book so much that you're going to want me to read it to you again and they do and sometimes I read it again and after I'm finished I ask them as I go around the table what are you most afraid of? Each child is very quick to answering that question. I have to tell them one at a time. Now, a few of them will say monsters, but can you guess what most of those preschoolers say? Well, you need to go read a book at the preschool once in a while. <laughs> most of them will say the dark. Which really comes down to the unknown, the unknown potential fear of what might be at the end of the book. Now, the dark was probably the same for us when we were their age, when we were children, but as we have gotten older, wiser, and more mature, we've moved on to more sophisticated fears, haven't we? And I was thinking about that, so I typed into my computer this week, into the internet, five most... The five most heavy-duty fears of Americans today, there were a ton of websites that came up about fears. In fact, there was one website called fear.com. So I looked at all those different... I got really fearful thinking about all this, and I I looked at all these fears, and I kind of culminated them into what they pretty much agreed were the top five fears. Number five, fear of the future. Number four, the fear of flying. Number three, the fear of death. Number two, the fear of public speaking. So people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of dying. (laughs) What am I doing up here? And number one, the fear of loneliness. Now, what do they all have in common? Again, the unknown of what might happen, the potential fear of what might be at the end of the book. John Orberg, in his book, All the Places to Go, How Will You Know, the book we've been using for our sermons and our Bible studies and our staff development this summer, says there is a new fear in our day and age, one that we could add to our list. It's called FOMO have you heard of that term before FOMO the fear of missing out he says it's related to social media like Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat it appears that when we log on that all these different things are going on all at the same time our friends are having so much fun their kids seem to be the perfect kids why are they always getting trophies everyone is on vacation there was a party last night everyone's got a new car a beautiful home incredible views a wonderful meal set before them i have one friend that puts up his meal every single night and people all seem to be doing the most interesting things and he says the emotion builds up within us as we realize i'm missing out on something or why wasn't i invited He says, FOMO tells us something fundamental about ourselves. We have an insatiable hunger for more. We have a longing for life beyond what we are experiencing now. Handled rightly, he says, FOMO can lead us towards God's open doors. Handled rightly. And then John goes on to use Ruth, from the bible as an example of someone who wanted more out of life and was looking for an open door now let me give you some background to her story after moses had left had led the israelites through the desert for 40 years to the promised land just before he was able to enter into the promised land he handed the baton of leadership to joshua Now, Joshua was a God-centered, brave, no-nonsense military leader who helped get the tribes, all of those different tribes, settled in their places of Israel. And when he died, there was a span of 400 years when 12 different judges ruled the land. That is a long time, longer than our country has been around. Now, throughout the book of Judges, we are made aware that this did not go well. Take some time reading the book of Judges, and you will learn that did not go well. The leadership of these Judges was lacking, to say the least. And the phrase comes up over and over again, and towards the tone end of Judges again, quote, each person did what was right in their own eyes. Towards the end of those 400 years, a famine broke out, In the land of israel and we catch up with our story that we read of elimelech and naomi and their two sons leaving bethlehem to go to the land of moab for relief now the countries of moab and israel were not on good terms in fact they considered one another enemies and that tells you how desperate the time had become in bethlehem as well as israel Then we read over a 10 year span for Naomi that her husband dies, her sons marry Moabite women, and that would have been considered very controversial in that time. The next her two sons die, neither of them leaving behind any offspring whatsoever. So if you pause for a moment and think about Naomi's plight, you'll understand that she was alone in a foreign land as an immigrant without family without income no life insurance from her husband or her sons no social security at all and the worst of it this is the worst of it the fear that her God had turned on her and removed his favor from her now before we judge her too quickly We've gone through times like that as well. We may not have lost as much as Naomi has lost, but we've gone through difficult times. And often our first reaction, our natural reaction, is to think, is God against me? Has he pulled away his favor from me? And I love Naomi's honesty in this situation, but the result for Naomi is that she has become bitter. The decision is made by Naomi to return to Bethlehem. And so she turns to her daughters-in-law and she gives them an out. She releases them to go back to their family of origin saying, listen, I have nothing to offer you. I have no offspring to offer you. I have nothing for your future to offer you and I am releasing you. And after much discussion, Orpah, and we can't blame her, she returns back to her family in Moab. Then we come across Ruth, and it says that Ruth clung to Naomi. She clung to her as though she were her own daughter, her own blood. And she makes a covenant vow with Naomi to make the journey with her back to Israel and to stay with Naomi all the way to her dying day. So I thought this week, about all those potential fears before this young woman, Ruth. All the fears that could have held her back from walking through that God-given open door. There's the fear of failure, of being let down, of loneliness, the fear of her future, the fear of harm and abuse in a foreign land as an immigrant, the fear of death, the fear of leaving her homeland, culture, language, and her gods, and just the fear of missing out on the familiar with her own family of origin. It appears, as Ortberg says, though, that Ruth had an insatiable hunger for more, a longing for something beyond what she was experiencing at that time. What was it? that enabled Ruth to overcome those potential fears, to make the journey through the open door to Bethlehem and change the course of history. It was God. And if you listen closely as I read that chapter, you could see God intervening over and over again in Ruth's life that she wouldn't miss the open door. There was the voice of God out in the country One translation said it was the voice of God out in the fields of Moab as they were gleaning. No coincidence that Naomi had heard out in the fields that God had considered his people back in Israel and given them food once again. And as bitter as Naomi was, God found and had a way of putting that glimmer of hope back into Naomi. And it's what motivated Naomi to go back to Israel And without knowing it, providing an open door for Ruth to join her for the adventure. And there was God providing Ruth with a covenant friend for the journey. At some point in the story, Ruth had turned from the gods of Moab to the God of Israel. And we could say it could have been from the witness of her husband, but most likely It was from her friendship with Naomi. She had watched her. She had listened to her. She had heard the realness of Naomi's faith through the joy and the wonders of God to her bitterness and despair in God. People are watching us, by the way. I'm very suspicious of Christians who are always way up here. There's those times when we're way down here and it's okay for our friends who are not churchgoers, to hear that we go through troubled times as well. And she had seen something in Naomi that brought her to faith in God. What was it specifically that brought her to faith in God and caused her to make that vow? There was God making Ruth aware of the sacrificial love in Naomi. If you caught it how many times did naomi say to ruth i want you to go back home i want you to go back to your mother's house i want you to go back to your country i've got no future for you ahead so i want you to go back do you see how selfless that naomi was being for ruth and so ruth saw in naomi this selfless sacrificial love so it's no coincidence that as Ruth is coming into faith in God that she turns around to Naomi and she shows her the same sacrificial love that I will be with you and I will go with you. I am willing to lay down my life to go with you on this journey back to Israel for you. Sacrificial love of Ruth. Ruth could have never dreamed how her book would end, but God knew God had planned it. God would walk with Ruth through that open door. and She would become a wife to a man named Boaz, a mom to a baby boy who would go on to be the grandfather of King David. And Ruth would go on to have her name listed in the Gospel of Matthew as a descendant of Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. That means that Jesus has a little Moabite blood in All because this Moabite woman trusted God as she walked with him through an open door, through a faith-filled, hope-filled life for her future, trusting on God. Orberg makes the point that all of God's open doors have something in common. They're always about an opportunity for us to be a blessing for others, Because we have first been blessed by God. As a church, we have been tremendously blessed, haven't we? I've been thinking this week and last week how tremendously blessed we have been for the last 46 years. I, along with you, are so thankful for Jerry's leadership and ministry over these last years to Laguna Beach and beyond. But come this July, it became a time for us to move into the unknown with all those potential fears beside us and before us. And yet God, God has been working for us. We are a church that belongs to God. He has been preparing our leadership. He's been preparing our staff and our congregation to see this as a time Of walking through an open door to a new adventure I think that's the way to see it at first I was thinking of the uncertainty of this summer and I had a friend of mine say don't use the word uncertainty because things are all certain to God it is a time of unknown for you to trust on God as you make your way into the future And so we take on this new adventure trusting on the sovereign will of God and not just for ourselves, not just for me, not just for you, not just for us as Laguna Presbyterian Church, but to think of the open door that God is going to continue to open for us as we bless this community and we bless the world beyond. Now I want to close with a question for you personally to think about. What might be an open door before you at this time. Something God call, is calling you to, to be a part of, to be a blessing to others with all the blessings you have received from Him. It could be for you to care for a neighbor who's in need or to enter into a covenant of prayer with a friend who might be going through a challenging time. It could be something, a mission opportunity our church is providing. Could be something out in the community that you are gifted to do and you can be a witness of Christ out in the community or something beyond. I have a feeling that God is warming your heart towards an open door before you because you have been blessed so much, we have been blessed so much through Jesus that we have a desire to go out and to bless others. What might it be for you? For with the book of God, he invites us to turn page after page through stories like Abraham, Ruth, and King David. These stories that ultimately lead us to our Lord and Savior at the end of the book who is leading us to open doors to love others. Our Lord and Savior that says, Fear not, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He goes on to say, My peace I give to you. My peace I give you. I leave with you. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this tremendous example of Ruth, a woman who showed sacrificial love, and she was a shadow of Jesus Christ who has shown us his sacrificial love for us upon the cross and through his resurrection to give us new life in him. Thank you that we have been blessed to go out and be a blessing. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen want to encourage us to stand. I lost my bulletin, Beth. Do you have a bulletin for me? <laughs> we will say our affirmation of faith together. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He He destined destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In in him him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will. So that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to invite the us forward as we give of our tithes and offerings.
3: When you stay, I'll stay When you move, I'll move
0: We thank you that in the midst of the joys and sorrows of life, you surround us with your faithful love and give us hope. We thank you that by the power of your Spirit, you have been at work this week in the lives of our children. We pray that the seeds of the Gospel planted in their hearts this week will flourish and grow powerfully throughout their lives, and that they will grow to be men and women who love you. We pray not only for ourselves, but for every place here and around the world where your word is spoken today, places friendly or hostile to the gospel. And we pray for the powerful of our world, whose decisions have great influence. Give them wisdom and strength to resist the temptation to abuse their power. We pray for the small and weak of our world, for children, for the chronically ill, the aged and frail, for refugees. We pray for Jamie Maxwell, as she has stepped through the open door you placed before her to work with refugees this summer in Greece. Give each of us courage to engage the open doors that you place before us. And as we bring you these gifts, we ask that you will use them, and that you will use us for the, your purposes in this world even as we pray for the day when your will is done on earth as in heaven, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come,
1: thy will be done,
0: on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
2: may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace that you may overflow with hope by the power of his Holy Spirit. May we go out into the world that we have been blessed by Christ that we might be a blessing to others. God be with you this week. Amen.